Hey, what's up? It's Alex Morgan. And for me, the start of the new year is all about commitment. Setting your intentions, restarting your routine, and committing to you from day one. Body Armor Light, the low-calorie, zero-sugar-added sports drink. Shop now at Walmart. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Champagne Sundays. With your hosts, Lisa and Nancy, editors of BigBlendMagazine.com. It's July 3rd, 2022, and welcome to another Big Blend Radio Champagne Sunday show airing live today from Sulphur Spring, Maryland. I don't, we've done, wait, this is our second Maryland show, I think, Nancy. Mm-hmm. I can't keep up, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. It is. Because we did one in Eastern Maryland. Right. And was that, yeah, Eastern Maryland? Mm-hmm. Or was it Delaware? Yeah. Um, last right. year in the fall. So now we're in Silver Spring, Maryland, outside of D.C., which we're scared to go to because we've never done it and we don't want to drive it. But um, it's around the corner from us. And, of course, we're your hosts, Nancy Reed and Lisa Smith, the crazy mother-daughter travel team on our Love Your Park Tour, traveling full-time across the country, and also publishers of Big Blend Magazines, which is a group of digital magazines uh, covering everything from food and wine to travel to quality of life, business, all those good things. So you can keep up with us at blendradioandtv.com. And excited today. You know, this is the Independence Day weekend, and today we're going to talk about independence. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> yeah, I thought this was actually a really good, you know, good segue. Uh, we're going to be, mm-hmm. well, yeah, we're going to be talking about getting to good riddance. Uh, we first met psychologist and author Dr. Jody Eckleberry Hunt back in January of 2021. She joined us on Big Blend Radio with her book, Move On, Mofo, I'm Behaving Myself. Live, laugh, and let shit go. We can say things on the show if we want to. Yes, uh, we're welcoming her back today on Big Blend Radio to talk about her new book, Getting to Good Riddance, a no BS breakup survival guide. It's coming out through Turner Publishing, great publisher. Uh, it's coming out uh, July 26th this year. So go to her website, jodyeckleberryhunt.com. She's on social media too. But welcome back, Jody. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me back. Hey, it is good. I think it's warmer this time that we're talking to you. Last time we were in the snow in Wisconsin, and this time we're in sunshine. Uh, a storm happened last night, but how are things in Michigan? It's a stunning day. We're going to have low 80s and lots of sunshine, and you, you couldn't ask for a better day here. It's amazing. Cool. You know, it's we've been to uh, Michigan in the summer, and you know, mm. when you drive through areas like here, we were in Arkansas, we've, we've been through Ohio, we've been all over already this year, mm. and it's all green and beautiful and sunshine. It's hard to imagine, no, that you all went through to get to that green, mm. and that's kind of a, a, you know, metaphor in a way of what happened, you know, in regards to a relationship. It's all sunshine and roses, and then here comes, uh-oh, it's no Whoopsie. longer whoopsie and it kind of feels like that cold winter you don't want to go out you want to hibernate you want to wear snuggies in fact you might start wearing slippers full time you may not put makeup on anymore and you may be eating a lot of cheetos and um 
and and then sunshine may come and maybe you don't go back out and you know we've got to keep moving forward so i love your book getting to good riddance because i think it is very traumatic for folks when when a breakup happens because sometimes well a lot of times it's not what you expect is going to happen and it kind of just it's like an earthquake in your world and um it's 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 a grieving right 100% Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing is that um, I see there, there are themes uh, that are very consistent across folks. And um, that's what I wanted to tailor the, the book to. Not everybody goes to therapy, but I think the, the key thing I want to zero in on is that people get caught up in beating themselves up and what's wrong with me, even if they're the ones who are doing the breakup, right? So Mm. how come things don't work out for me or I don't make good decisions or whatever? And all of that shame and guilt and embarrassment, um, that really just slows things down. It clouds things. And so that's what I wanted to zero in on for the book. I love that. Mm. I think because it, it, you go there's this weird thing that goes to your mind. You start thinking of every argument and the nasty things that were said, and then you think of the beautiful times. Go, why can't we have that? But you think about some of the comments that were made, and it just becomes even more painful. And sometimes they're just said out of spite or out of the heat of the moment. And all of a sudden, if you're in that zone, it could it could just go in a real downward spiral real fast. And when you think back. Yeah, and one of the things that I say early in the book um, that I really has a lot of meaning for me and, and that the perspective I have is I've heard story after story after story. Um, in fact, uh, I, I was just doing a rough estimate on, how, like, since I started my training, mm. how many hours do I estimate that I've listened to people's stories in one setting mm. or another professionally? <laughs> And a rough, rough estimate is I'm saying like 15,000 hours. So <laughs> when, when wow. I write, I write from a perspective of I've heard all, a lot of stories from a lot of people. And mm-hmm. the difference, so there's grief, as you mentioned before, grief around a breakup. But it's very much like a death, the death mm-hmm. of the relationship. But the difference is if somebody died, they didn't really want to leave you, right? And the thought is that if somebody breaks up with you, they didn't want to be with you. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that is the that's knife that. in the heart. It is. It's like yep. you're not worthy, right? Mm-hmm. And then you're, then you yeah. have to look at them and go, are you worthy? And then, <laughs> and then there's anger. And sometimes the breakup comes from anger, but still there's those reflection moments once you're alone. And, um, and I also even remember about like a, a significant breakup in my life where I was like, God, I just actually just want to distance myself from everyone and reading in your book. That's actually kind of good. And that's your, your, except for your friends that you want as a, you know, support network. But like, I didn't want to go to the same parties when he was there or it's like, it's almost like who it was, I think cause it was in a younger phase of my life, obviously that it was, oh, she's not out and about, but he is, it's kind of a very weird, almost egotistical thing of like, who's moved on the quickest. So you want to go out to prove that you're living, but even though you're like, really, I just want to watch TV and eat popcorn. 
because I haven't done that for a while. It wasn't even anything. You know what I mean? I actually just wanted to do that. But then it was like, oh, she's wallowing. You know what I mean? So I think there's a weird societal thing that happens. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I do tell people, try to stay off social media because it, it it's not it, it's a distraction in some regards, but it really just continues to open up wounds because you never know what you're going to come across <laughs> is the is the sense of and and I tell people also like blocking other people on social media, um the person who you've broken up with and text because like, you may be going about your day and being doing pretty well and then all of a sudden something intrusive comes in and you can't unsee it so that's Mm -hmm. the same thing about being on social media you might be just trying to distract yourself but come across something that you didn't anticipate and what you're talking about is self-soothing and we all have to we all have to listen to our internal um our internal sense of what we need to be doing, but then sometimes that can be a skew. So we have to have friends who are willing to say, Hey, what are you doing? Let's get out of this dark room. Let's go do something. Uh, it's all about balance, I guess. I remember once um, I dated this guy, remember Pappy, Nancy? <laughs> that was our nickname for him. Pappy? Pappy. Oh, we called him Pappy. Pappy. You know, and I know. Mm-hmm. All right. But remember Pappy. Well, that was his nickname. He didn't know it, but that was. Yeah. Um, and, um, well, you should have known from the get-go. I know. You know. You know. You know. Pappy, you know. You already knew. Deep down, you know, right? And then it, it, it was kind of a mutual breakup, and it was mm. fresh, and I uh, put this concert together. <laughs> and this whole performance thing was raising money. It was a fundraiser for music programs for kids and a little mountain town. And I had all these musicians come in and we're both musicians and, and, and they were pretty, you know, up there in what they've done. And it was just one of those crazy nights where anything that could go wrong <laughs> did. And he shows up unannounced and it was kind of fresh. And I was like, leave me alone. And next thing you know, He's picking up this girl right there where we are, like right there in front of me. And I'm going like, that's rude. Like, and it was my birthday. I thought that was rude. Like, you don't do that, dude. Not in front of me, like not now. And it wasn't even jealousy. It was just like, I don't know. It was a very big slap in the face. And and, and, and I thought a shot of tequila would would help, but it it was not the good thing Actually, to do, Jody. See, it, it wasn't a slap in the face because, from my perspective, I was saying, "Go for it, do it," because then I knew you were free of it. No, but he, see? but he did it. He did it. to me. He, I, he did no, it in I front know. of me. I was done. But I wanted. I, I didn't want him in my life. But the fact it. that he picked up a, and she was quite yeah, the the, the woman she, about town. No, no, no. But, see, but see, this is what. But see, then you got to see the real him because you didn't see the real him. Now you got full blown saw the real I him. I know, but still, so sealed the liver. Bye bye. You know? See, this is not good. <laughs> if you're living in a small you, town, you need to hibernate and go to a different place. No. <laughs> <laughs> so but you did. You were making an excellent point in that <laughs> one of the biggest fears that people share with me is um, what if I make the same mistake again? And so what I try to address is in the midst of the breakup, you have an opportunity to grow 
significantly. Mm-hmm. And one of the things is listening when you know, you said early, early on, you knew it wasn't right. Like mm-hmm. being able to say, you know what, Honestly, um, you're I, a yeah. nice person and all, but I'm not going to go there because this isn't, isn't going to go anywhere. And I think um, in particular, mm. uh, women tend to talk themselves into it, saying yep. oftentimes, oh, I'm being too picky, or you can't have everything. And I always laugh and say, well, if you're talking about your life partner or potential life partner, why can't you? Like, mm-hmm. Why can't you have all the things that you want? You're not going to find anybody who's perfect, but why do you have to settle? And when you do settle, I think in the long game is you're not going to be happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. You're not. And I think mm-hmm. this dating potential is not a good thing. And I think that's also with life, you know, it's like, okay, you're born with a set of cards and now what are we going to do with it? We want the best we absolutely can. And as women, deep down, you know, you know, and I knew about Pappy. I knew from day one, but I did it and um, fixed my car, but it wasn't that good. And I knew that. No, of course not. No, but no, but but no. And and I'm just kidding around, but it it was, you do know deep down, but we allow ourselves to kind of brainwash. We do brainwash ourselves. And so, Part no, of your, you just tell yourself you can fix it. Yeah, that's it. I'm and you can't. This. You no. really can't fix no. somebody else. You can't. No, because they're not meant, that's, that's not, and who the hell do you think you are trying to fix someone else according to what you want? BX right there. So, you know, wow. going to, to your book, yeah, I'm trying to, it's difficult with your books, Jody, because my mouth wants yeah, to run Lisa. wild. And that's, that's the point I've tried to make. Like, yeah, it's about breakups, but um, a couple of people who have read it, the early copy said, well, it's a, it's not even just about romantic or romantic relationships. It can apply to friendships mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and just Lots other, other relationships you want to break up with. But it's a topic that I think a lot of people can relate to. And to your point, the the issue is we all want this fairy tale, but um, I, I tell people if you're talking again about a life partner, it's the floor model. It's as is. Um, you can't. You're, you're not. If the person says to you, "I am this way," believe them. Don't be thinking, "Oh, but you could be so much more," mm-hmm. because you're right. That's very. Um, it's very judgmental, as well as being um, a little bit self-centered to think that you could take somebody to the next level when they haven't been able to take themselves to that level mm-hmm. in your own mind, because maybe their yes. level is actually purer than yours at that time. You might be in a superficial plane, and they're like dude, I'm just down home straight up and you're off in this la-la land. And because we all are in different stages of our lives at different times. But doesn't this have to do with hormones and age and things like that that come into play and kind of mess with you a little bit? Well, can be. And as I talk about in the book, the Robert Sternberg's Theory of Love, And um, we all, we, or if you find somebody that you're completely smitten with, you're high in some respects on your own uh, neurochemistry. And mm-hmm. so that's why I always tell people who come in my office, um, date for a full year before you commit, because that first year, you're still, you're still high at some level. And so let it wear off. And then when the dust settles, do you still like the person you're with? So, yeah, you're right. 
Yeah, because I think, you know, I see things happen really fast. And, and for some reason, the way our lives are today, they're happening faster and faster. And we're finding, we're always looking for the quickest way to get something done. And I think it, that, that goes into every aspect of your life. So you don't hang back and let me just wait this out, watch it, see what's going to happen. Take it slow. We're just push it, push it, move it forward, move forward. Everyone, we need to move forward. That's all you hear today. We need to move forward. And sometimes you don't. Sometimes it's, it's just it's good true. to stay where you are. <laughs> it, it takes some stock, takes some time. But, you know, mm-hmm. you, I, I think as human beings, I, 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 I can only speak for myself. Like I'm a constant mm. case study in my head. Um, mm. As I get older, uh, I feel like my attention span is less and less. Mm. Um, and I don't, I, I feel like that's a, an issue that we all struggle with. So I'm, I'm not sure if that is part of the, the evolution of the human race. Um, but I think one of the other issues is pain. Nobody wants to sit in pain no. because it's a terrible feeling. But if you don't, I tell people you can deal with it now or later, but it's still going to be there whenever you're ready to deal with it. Mm. Mm. Yes, you can't hide from it. I think you. what I love about your books, both of them, and I think they complement each other. Move, move on, mofo. I don't know if, how to say that <laughs> correctly on the air. I wouldn't just say it, but, you know, and legally we can, but I know someone's going to, you know, whatever. But move on, mofo. <laughs> and uh, also, here it is, getting to good riddance. I think they go hand in hand because you really – you know, there's the emotional self-care time, and you do get to mope a little because I think you have to feel your feelings, and you you talk about that. And you also, in both books, talk about cognitive behavioral therapy and, and cognitive behavior, and and I think this is a and I know we talked about that the last time you were on the show, but I think it's such an important thing to discuss, and I love that you you use this in both books and bring that up because um, I think it's really about you know, I, like Joan, Joan Baez, one of my most favorite quotes in life is, you know, when you're in despair, oh, action is the antidote to despair. And I think your books really go with that quote because you're about let's, let's move forward and how are we going to move forward? And you're going to have to look at it and you're allowed to swear and, you know, do what you need to do to get through it as long as you don't murder somebody or anything. You know, just, you know, you know oh, good. Yeah. you don't need to yeah. go and, and do the Carrie Underwood song and beat up his car. Or maybe you want to. But, you know, no. you're, you're going to have to have the consequences no. for that, right? So it, it's not um, – you do not condone that behavior, but you're you're getting people – you need to move into the next gear. But it's not like, okay, so somebody breaks up with you after uh, maybe even a 10-year marriage or they – are um, having an affair on you and then you find out and it's over. There's a lot of pain associated because it's, it's broken trust. It's not just they don't like you anymore and they're moving on. There's a, a trust issue, I think. And so there's a lot to deal with, but I think you are allowed to. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. 
It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton Bike, Tread, or Row risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton Bike, Tread, or Row risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. To mope a little bit, not too long. You, you can't be on the couch too long, but you give these really structured to-do list to start moving you forward and getting out of the pity party. We can't wallow. Yeah, I think, in, in, and it is a delicate balance because th- part of it, again, being in the pain is taking inventory, allowing yourself to feel that. But at the same time, you can't forget about obligations and other things that you know are healthy. And so it is, having a very structured plan I, because again, I've seen these folks over and over and they have a hard time thinking straight. You're just so overwhelmed with emotion. And so early on, I, I throw in a survival guide. So getting out of bed and mobilizing your posse and all of that at the same time as you're, you're just trying to sort through your emotions um, and one thing you just, you cued me a, a few minutes ago. Um, I wanted to share this story. I, it is also the task is recognizing where is your energy best spent. I had somebody who was seeing me after a breakup who, um, and this is also very common, who just wanted to tell the other person, or I want to make them see, or mm just giving them a piece of my mind, right? And um, my my argument around that is, okay, let's think that through. Why do you want to do that? Mm-hmm. And the answer is usually because I want them to know, I want them to see. And I would, I always say that's the wrong answer. Mm-hmm. If it is for you, because you need to get something off your chest, that's a different story or you need closure. But if it's to get the other person to, um, you're always going to lose at that goal. Like you've already set yourself up to lose because you can't make anybody. And in fact, continuing a toxic conversation that in, in some respects, I believe you are giving another person access to your innermost thoughts and feelings and that person doesn't deserve it at that point because it's over and so it's like giving them um giving them secrets about how what how you're processing or where you are and do you really want to share that intimate information so my point in sharing that is that i i through all that pain it is figuring out where do you want to use your energy and your energy is best used on healing you. Absolutely agree because it's, it's, it's going back and taking stock of your life. And I think that's what's beautiful about both of your books is that you get us to kind of circle back because also in the relationship, you can get stuck in the other person's world and lose your identity a bit. So 
I feel that part of this whole process is getting back to who you really are in in a relationship. And sometimes breakups are caused because of losing identity and balancing each other's identities. What do you think about that? Well, yeah, and and I I I know that I have sort of given a, a little bit of a negative tone uh, thus far, and breakups aren't always because of negative, like somebody has done something to misbehave or treated you badly. Sometimes you just grow apart. Mm-hmm. I yeah. see people who have been together for years and years and years, and we get so busy with um, kids or work and other activities that we're just not attentive to each other. And that's just part of um, human life. And then at some point we reevaluate and we realize, gosh, we, we don't have the same values anymore, or maybe we're not the friends that we used to be. And that's very sad. Um, Some of those, some of those cases, uh, couples therapy works, but sometimes it's just, we're, we're just not meant to be together anymore. And so breakups don't always have to be ugly, but indeed they are great opportunities to do that self-reflection and taking the inventory of yourself. And you mentioned CBT earlier, Mm. cognitive behavioral therapy. It's being your own best friend. Like if you were coaching yourself in your head, what, what things do you need to say to yourself? What things do you need to hear? Because all of the, again, feeling like a failure or judging yourself, that is only going to take you on a detour and, and prolong your pain. When someone is in a relationship, especially when it's new, do you think you should kind of go to, you know, CBT, as you say, cognitive behavioral therapy, kind of, this should be almost a daily practice. Like when you enter a relationship, kind of write things down, kind of go, okay, don't, you know, you can have the emotions because there's that beginning phase, especially when you start dating someone where people all of a sudden want to like marry each other right there. And then in some of that, there's that 1%, you know, there's always those wild cards. And then people get attracted to the wild card and want to be that wild card and they shouldn't. You know what I mean? There's some people that make it work and, you know, we meet and we haven't been apart since and they're together for 50 years and, you know, fine. But um, for others, that's not the case, but they kind of, like, I even look at, like, the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. I have to bring that up. Almost like sometimes people connect. I'm just thinking of some of the famous cases that people can identify with. Anthony Bourdain and that that filmmaker lady, you know, he they, they, they were almost enamored and almost had this wild mindset of who these people are and who they were with without getting to the nitty gritty and kind of lost themselves in the process. You know what I mean? Instead of going back to who am I and staying grounded a little bit, how do you balance the emotion? <laughs> as I'm saying that wild emotion in the beginning and stay grounded. So, uh, and when you're talking about some of those intense relationships, it underscores that being in love, early love, is like being on a drug. Uh, And Mm. you don't necessarily see things as they are. You see things through that intense um, emotional high. And I think, so the answer from to your question from my perspective is before you enter in a relationship. So after you've had a breakup or, you know, even if you've been alone for a while and you're thinking about going into a relationship, be really clear with yourself about what you're looking for 
and what your weaknesses are. So I tell people to make uh, three columns. One column is the things I absolutely must have in a relationship. The um, third column is the things absolutely I must not have. And to be clear, maybe you don't want a drinker. Maybe you don't want a gambler. Maybe uh, yeah. you don't want somebody who's not working. Right. Um, and then uh, the middle column is these things don't matter. And perhaps it's, you know, how tall somebody is or what they look like, whatever. Uh, and stick to those because sure enough, you're going to meet somebody who checks off a lot of uh, things, but maybe they have, maybe it's a religious preference. Maybe it's must, I must have somebody who is this religion and you meet somebody who is everything except for that. <laughs> and you had said early on that that was a must, right? So oh. it's, it is when you talked about writing, when you've just met somebody or you're in love, I encourage people to do that. I, I don't know that very many people follow through on that, but if you can at least go back and read yeah. lessons learned, hopefully you've written mm. after a breakup, these are the lessons I've learned. Or, for example, uh, one of the things that I've seen over and over is women who have been from uh, had abusive childhoods where a father mm. was very violent and abusive. And for whatever reason, they are maybe drawn to controlling and potentially mm -hmm. abusive men. Yep. And um, it's not that they want that. No, it's not that they're, and they get caught up in, oh, I messed up. I messed up. No, 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 no. You're not messed up. There are just qualities that seem familiar that for whatever reason are familiar to you. And so it's identifying like, okay, what are those red flag behaviors? So if you meet somebody who is maybe more on the jealous side or is always asking, who are you with? That's a red flag. And note it oh. before you've gotten entrenched in a relationship and walk away. It, isn't the control thing more about, okay, if you let the other person control, you, have, you actually don't have to do as much. Like, okay, they're taking care of that. They're handling that. So it's easy sometimes to give over responsibility to somebody else who's more than willing to take it, not always for the right reasons, and then later on you regret it. So sometimes I feel like we get a little lax. Like, you know, you can see, okay, that's a controlling. My dad's so controlling that... It, I mean, it was beyond and beyond, and it, there's there was a certain look in his eye, and when I see that in any person, I go the other way because I see that like here's when I'm mentally responsible and with it, and here's where I crossed over into la la land, as I call it, where you could see you could see his eyes change into crazy. And so when you see that in a person, it's time to leave. It's time to walk. It's time to Say good it. riddance. Yeah. No, <laughs> ah, yes, say good but, riddance. But, but there is a familiarity there. So I get what you're saying where it's like, oh, well, I've seen that before. Well, and it's just, can you handle it? Or are you going to do the, and I think this is, people do this. Can I change it? Can I fix it? You know, and True, I think that's, but, that's one of the hardest things is trying to fix something that's really so broken yeah. that you can't fix it, and why should you? 
That's true. Well, and if you if you think, and and I'm not painting everybody with the same brush for sure, yeah. but yeah. if you think about somebody who had um, a traumatic child experience from domestic violence, maybe they're at higher risk of lower self esteem. Well, mm-hmm. it makes them a prime target for people who are trying to control, mm-hmm. and. So um, it, it can be what you said, but it can also be belief of, well, this person knows better, a deference to authority. But then some of these folks who are controlling our, our masters at manipulation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, again, everybody, this is, this is maybe the bottom line. Everybody has their own set of baggage, everybody. And it's yeah. just making sure that you find somebody whose baggage lines up in a healthy way with yours. Well, that's but this is a really big thing because everybody comes mm-hmm. from a different walk of life, and I think it's even important before you date. I mean, sometimes you just get swept off your feet. You meet someone, and it's like, ooh, you know. But it is important to take stock, and I love that about your books. And I also love mm-hmm. that you put in stories there because you you give examples, so we can find ourselves in those stories, you know. And I think mm-hmm. that's how it because you can't. Everybody's got a different background. Everyone's got a different life, you know. And you do a really good job of that in, in your books of giving us a place to find and identify with, you know, and also the tools to, to say good riddance and how to move on and, and kind of think for ourselves, what do we need? What do we need? We need to have our tools. It's not somebody else's toolkit. It's our own toolkit. Mm-hmm. You know, take ownership of that. And, we, you know, I have a, a like a distant cousin who will go from guy to guy to guy. She breaks up, <laughs> goes to the next one, and, and almost will not break up with the one she knows she needs to leave until she's until got the next one ready. set up. And I go, like, what are you doing? Have you ever just stopped no. and lived life on your own to know who you no. are anymore? I mean, but but I think in a weird way she's being cognitive because she's setting the next one up. Which is really weird, and <laughs> it's not even a financial it's thing. Just, so what? Lazy. What is? What is that? Because I see it's it's not just her, but I see this with a lot of women. Will just bounce from one to the next without that break, or and I just always feel like it's good to breathe and be on your own. It really feels good. I've been doing yeah, it for I, a while. <laughs> it feels good. <laughs> I, I laugh. Um, and and I don't mean this. I don't laugh at all. But you can't help. Um, I I say that I I sometimes I I recognize that there there is a sadistic nature in when the things that I say to people because um, I do tell people, look, you need to work on being alone. And the look on their face is like I slapped them. Um, mm-hmm. They don't want to hear that, and and but I, I am very supportive in saying, I, I get it, I get it that it's scary, but here's the thing: if you don't master that, it owns you. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that you have to be alone for the rest of your life, but I think that relationship should be an enhancer to your mm-hmm. life, not. Mm-hmm your life becomes all about that relationship. And the biggest, the most important relationship is the relationship with yourself. So take some time and get to know yourself by yourself. What do you like alone? And then you're going to be in the best place to find the partner that you want who's more long-term. See, I I really agree with that. And that's something like I laugh about me being single for so long because I got to a point 
I just said, that's it. I'm done. Like literally just <laughs> said, I'm done. I've, I, I mean, I've had the, 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 the amazing love story and that it didn't happen because I didn't want kids. He wants kids. We're, you know, politically completely opposite. And things were just, you know, as much as you had that fire and that love, this was not going to happen because of some fundamental differences. And that love obviously wasn't going to overcome those main issues. Um, And there was just things that I've always, I've had a plan since I was 17 years old and I'm living it and I'm loving it. And I always said, okay, I'm done with this. I know what dating's like. I know what playing around is like. I know what it's like to be in love. I've done a quick marriage and said, yep, I did it. So I can say I did it. Done with that. <laughs> and now I I know exactly who, what, and where I want. You know, I know. And I'm not saying I would never date again or not be in a relationship again. I just actually really don't care. I just like, it's got to, it, 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 it has to be. It it just it you know what I mean? It's like once you know yeah. who you are, it's like that's what it's got to be. It, and it's a very empowering <laughs> feeling to be in that zone of understanding yourself and knowing what sacrifices you would do. Because you can, you know, kind of. Well, don't you have to? You be, can give on things what that, you, like, what was, I, I mean, not one person wanting a child and the other not. That's but, a big deal. That's a really but, big deal in a relationship. You know, what was that movie with Tom Cruise where you complete me? That, that oh. See, that's, that yeah. makes me sick. I know, but see, here's the thing. <laughs> you need to be a complete person on your own before you subject yourself to yeah. somebody else. Or, you, Are or, we ever complete? You know, Are we ever complete? Well, no, I think that's a, that's a thing that you work on day to day for yeah. your whole life. You know, I don't think you're ever, well, complete. Perfect, whatever. Jody, I think we need to come sit on your chair in Michigan. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome anytime. My grandmother used to tell me when you go to when when you're going out on a date, the first thing you should ask the guy is, "Can you wiggle your ears?" And and she says whether they can or not is not that's not the point. It is will they try? And if they won't even try, then you got the wrong guy. That's what she used to say. <laughs> and it sounds really weird. But later I started to really think about that, and it's true. If they won't try, then you see a side of this person where they can't laugh at themselves, they can't try something new. You see what I'm saying? Where maybe. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, because it's like, can you wiggle your ears? It's totally out of the box. Who's going to ask that? And then they sit there and they look at you like, what are you talking about? Well, can you wiggle yours? Some people go, yeah, I met three who could. I'm like, that's pretty funny. Put that on matchmaker or whatever. (laughs) That's pretty funny. I could wiggle my ears. I'm like, dude, that's pretty cool. But then others wouldn't even try and they were like almost insulted. (laughs) Yeah, so I I used to tell Nana, my grandmother, I used to say, you know, I'm not asking that anymore. (laughs) It gets me in trouble. (laughs) But now I think it's to ask. But just to see how they handle it, hmm. you know, when you, you find what, out what I—I'm not that much fun, I guess. Uh, and and I—I <laughs> I am. I do joke about that as well. Like I'm great at taking the fun out of everything, 
uh, love but or you can swear. all of it. I try You're to good at swearing. make. Yeah, I do. I do swear. I can. I, Me too. That, that does get a laugh. I love but, it. Um, mm-hmm. Other than that, I, I break everything down to science and the evidence. And when people are asking me, they've they've identified. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bike, tread, or row risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bike, tread, or row risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. These are the things that trip me up. How do I, how do I get control of that? I, I say look at your, your dates as interviews, which I think you were alluding to with your question about wiggling the ears. But I, mm-hmm. I tell them to ask yep. about things like family. Tell me about how well do you get along with your mom and your dad or your, both your moms if you came from um, two moms mm-hmm. or, you know, what, how do you get along with your family and <laughs> their relationships because that is going to tell you as long as the person's honest, assuming that you've got somebody who's honest, um, that's going to tell you. And the and that gets to my the honest piece gets to my other is I I tell people all the time, judge other people by what they do, not by what they tell you. Mm-hmm. Agree. You want the evidence. Oh, see, I like this. I love the science part of it because and the evidence. You know, that's I want to see what there is. Right, you know, but but it is like, okay, so what if they came from a bad childhood and maybe they hate their family, right? Maybe they're just like, I can't be around them, but what did they do to move forward past that? That, to me, would be Correct. the interesting part. You don't have to go like, Correct. okay, well, that's because I don't know anybody now that doesn't have some chinks in their family armor. Oh, you know yeah, I mean? people are I mean, people. Everybody, we're human beings and we screw up all the time. And we're allowed that. So there's that balancing. And it is a negotiation in a way, don't you think, relationships? You know, it's it's still a negotiation in some – I don't think – can it be it, – this airy-fairy thing doesn't really work, I don't oh. think. <laughs> airy-fairy. I don't I, – I don't know No, but I, I mean, lovey-dovey, like, it's all roses oh. every single day doesn't – that doesn't work. That no, doesn't but that's not, to sit that's with me. Not, no, I'm that's not being not realistic. Realistic. I know. Well, I'm, not being, I'm just saying it. It you go from all roses to the honeymoon is over. Everybody knows that saying, and and it people shouldn't. Are people. It, people are people, and we do put on like ooh la 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 when we're first dating mm-hmm. and meeting each other. Right. And no, I don't wear this dress every single day. And and yes, you know, um, you know, everybody has weird <laughs> habits and get and and annoyances can push towards a breakup. Right, so hundred um, percent. Yeah, and that's the other. That's the other piece is that uh, I, I think that's the bill of goods uh, 
some people have been told is this idea, if you meet the right person, in quotes, you mm-hmm. don't have to work at it. No, no, uh, no, 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 no. All relationships take work. And yeah. in the United States, I think we have a culture of we're entitled to happiness. And I usually, again, I'm there I'm taking away people's, um, people's enjoyment because I say, you have to actually work to be happy. Happy yeah, is not, do. happiness isn't like a dove that sort of descends down upon you. You actually have to put thought and effort into it. So relationships, happiness, it all takes work. And I'm highly suspicious of people who tell me these fairy tale um, stories of their lives. I, I just don't find that to ring true. Mm. And <laughs> what about what about where you get people like the daters? Like you talk about bad actors in your book, and and you do have to deal with some because sometimes you have to be the person going, "I'm breaking up with you." So part of good riddance is screw you. <laughs> but, but I mean. But listen, look, look at women with kids or, you know, men, you know, everybody's, we're in such a, a um, you know, the world is diverse, you know, and so a woman may be leaving another woman with kids and there's um, <laughs> thought that has to be in there because it, you've got to think of the kids. So it sometimes you can't just have a temper tantrum storm out, right? I know Nancy, but you know we. I'm we, laughing because one time Lisa broke up with a guy, and his mother came to talk to me and brought two champagne glasses. He was trying to oh get my. them back together again, and I, because they I engraved our saying, names on the champagne. They names oh on my gosh! So oh, laughed. I thought, no, I am known funny. for breaking up with people funny. on holidays, and I've I never know, planned it that way. And so here we are on the 4th of July weekend talking about breakups. So I think as soon as this all came together, I'm like, here I am again talking about breakups on a on a holiday weekend. But it, but it but was the, funny. Yeah, was some, weird. some mothers, like she they just, talk about mother-in-laws I mean, in weddings. And then later so when it's like the breakup, they, they, they come out of the woodwork, man. And And when they start going to your mother and asking for help, like, yeah. was, I mean, that's that was weird. weird. You're that right about weird. asking about was, the parents. You're and totally all I right. Could say, all I could say to her is it's a good thing she broke up with your son because obviously you guys got a problem because that, seriously, it was sick. really, it was, that, was, it, it was, that uh, was weird. That No, was weird. you'd never, I, I mean, oh, I oh. broke up with him because he was just irresponsible, stupid, and, Beast you know. about it. <laughs> But Jody says well, we're allowed to say that kind of stuff. We're allowed to get it out, and we're, we're, this was years ago. But he was irresponsible. He was not like contributing to anything at this point, and it was and just guess this, what happened to the champagne glasses. They, they, when, when your mother comes with you to try and get you back and to go back into the relationship, you have a problem. Right you know. That's a huge, I mean, more than red flag, I mean, red, purple, I mean, it's one of those giant ones. And it's like, hello, when, when, even when the dog is growling at you behind the closed door, you need to know the dog one. I was hiding in another room with my friend and her dog who the dog wanted to attack him. So it's like, hello, this is like, you've got to go like that's, but. But these are the but this is the nitty gritty of real relationship stuff that happens. People sometimes don't take no. Like when you say, I'm breaking up with you, we are done. You wanna handle it really nicely. And sometimes 
you know, you can't be subtle with people like that when the mother comes storming out of the backwoods of, the, like literally the backwoods. Um, when when that happens, I should have had that story because that sounds like it would fit right into my how to handle bad actors because I yeah. I go through how to handle all these people who are off the radar, but your story would have fit perfectly. That bad that actors was with so, it. And, and it they made a so for his birthday dinner. So, like, like, there's a whole thing here. So it's, like, almost like a family cult of wanting your money, actually. It was That's weird. Kind of, mm-hmm. kind of, it, was, it was a very, very weird thing. And we're not, like, you know, fancy, fancy, rich, rich, you know. But, like, you know, they see magazines, and it's, like, so it was a very uh, interesting <laughs> thing. And um, but but that is the bad actors, but getting rid of them. I still think it's that's, funny. That's well, that's like you know that that is a horrible experience when you want to just say, hey, this isn't working anymore. Can we part? You know, can you go back to your backwoods and I'm going up the mountain? <laughs> so like that apparently didn't work. Well, Brene Brown, Brene Brown has used over and over in in multiple. Uh, scenarios and it is to be clear is to be kind and women mm. have been socialized that to be clear is to be rude and it's not yeah. to be, be, if you're clear with somebody then <clears throat> you are allowing them to be free to go on with their lives and there's no ambiguity you don't have to be mean but mm. you need but to do it see we're supposed to be mysterious remember that, that old <laughs> thing of women being mysterious you know, so no, that's you. a bad actor. No. See, look at that's okay. No, but that that is historically women are supposed to be mysterious. And that is the ones that get people, the, the women that that's do bad. take that. That's the Amber Heard's and all. I mean, I don't know what really went down there, right? But yeah, but right. that is where those guys get enamored <laughs> by those crazy women that poop on their bed. Like that's a bad oh, actor. No. I'm sorry. <laughs> when you have to end up in a court case and say your wife pooped on your side of the bed. No, she didn't like, that's yeah. some weird it was stuff. It was a people delivery. Yes. Right. But that, but <laughs> that is turf. some weird, weird, like crazy stuff. And I'm just saying, like, I think people do crazy things. Would you say that's a bad actor, Jody? <laughs> I, th- I, I think um, I, I, I'm not no expert on that um, story, but I, I suspect they were both <laughs> bad actors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That um, well, their court case sure was. (laughs) But that's Hollywood, you know. We always have to remember that both of them are actors. They make a living Mm. out of being other people. Mm. So when they're in court, it's it's very interesting because when you're in court, ninety-two percent of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. Ninety-two percent because of a bike. Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bike, tread, or row risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Are they them or are they some new character in their own mind? Mm. Because they are. I wondered that myself, interestingly. Yeah, because yeah. when you watched her, she kind of wiped. This is what I saw about her watching her body language. She would wipe a tear before there was one. Mm. Yeah. So I was like, okay, you're not really crying, but you're wiping your eye, and there's nothing there, and then there's a tear. 
so much. Mm. You're a little off on your timing. Yeah. Timing. And then but, with him, he kept looking down, mm. like at his boots or something. Like, but, I'm like, okay, you keep looking down. She looks out to the side, wipes a tear that is there. So I look at them both, and I'm like, I don't believe either one. Well, I, I want to I want to go to you, Jody, with this because you talk about bad actors with like talk about those two, right? But um, I mean, I I look at Anthony Bourdain and the woman he was with, and and yeah, I mean, okay. he lost his life over this, and, and obviously had issues leading up to that. But you know, these, these are some famous cases. But when when you talk about bad actors, you know, they always say like when you're reaching for your goals and you know you go for that job or you are starting a business, you know, just you know, fake it till you make it thing. No. How many people do you think do that in their relationships? Fake it, like kind of start to change who they are in a relationship to kind of maybe have an, an infatuation with someone and kind of if somebody likes this music, they'll pretend to like that music. Do you know what I mean? I know that sounds oh. very teenage, but I kind of suspect that adults do it too. Maybe. I think I think probably uh, a lot of people do to some degree, and that gets back to why I tell people to date a full year because you'll mm-hmm. get to see that play out, and it's very difficult to continue mm-hmm. to play that role long term. And so I usually tell people, you know, you're high for about six months, mm-hmm. and then the next six months you're still feel, feeling really good, but you're starting what to regress back to the mean to regress back down to your baseline. And so that's why we shouldn't be in a hurry because I think there is some human nature in trying to want and trying wanting to try to please somebody or want to be liked. It's the extent Mm -hmm. to which that happens that can be pathological. Yeah. So, so are you going to write your next book on uh, politicians? (laughs) Oh gosh. (laughs) No, that language would have to go up a notch. I'm just saying. (laughs) Well, can I, I, I will share this with you. Um, you mentioned that you knew of Turner. I love Turner, and oh, they awesome. signed me. They signed my next book, and it comes out in February. And um, I'm going to oh, cool. oh, I'm going to tell you the name of it because it relates sort of to what you're saying, and it's called Badass Stories: Grit, <laughs> Growth, Hope, and Healing in the Shit Show. Oh, and perfect. I wrote I wrote that book. Uh, because I think we're in a dark period, and mm-hmm. we no need shit. to hear very, very real stories of real human beings out there surviving and thriving as a reminder that it's not all about the political headline of the day, that there are some really good people out there doing some really good things that are inspirational mm-hmm. that we can all relate to, not like the people who got a million dollars or CEOs of big companies, like the everyday kind of humans. So. Ooh, That's my this. next book. Oh, I love this. And let, let me take Ooh. that exactly what you're talking about, because I think this is really important. And, you know, Nancy and I bringing up Amber Heard and Anthony Bourdain, Johnny <laughs> Depp, all that. You know, it's just, it's been, I mean, it's just nonstop out there in the news. Yep. But but it is like, you know, this dark period. And it is like a shit. I mean, seriously, we've got climate change. We've got all these issues facing us. And we and it's mm. craziness. I mean, it it just is insanity when you turn on the news you just want to like just you know 
have another shot of tequila, quite frankly. And you're saying they're both not to do. See, how many people have a breakup and then they go to the bar and they get hammered for 24 hours and, you know, then they basically have to puke their brains out and then you wake (laughs) up in the morning and you've got a hangover from that and a hangover from the actual real issue, you know. So you talk about that too in your book. But really going through this, how much of – I know we talked about the la, 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 the fairy tales and what we've been told is growing up, but how much of the superficial media stuff, and I'm not talking politically, but, you know, you look at, at, you know, women are airbrushed to the point of insanity, Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. boob jobs, butt jobs, (laughs) lip jobs, I mean, every job you can get. Um, So women are still in this zone of we need to be the Cupid doll kind of thing. So we're still there, even as progressive as our world used to be for women. Um, we have the Cupid doll thing. So still need to kind of, for women, it's just kind of, you know, I, and then I think, you know, gay men too. I mean, there's just so, we can't Uh-oh. look at Hollywood <laughs> and movies we need to look at the real stories. That's what I was saying about your new book coming out because in, in February next year, we tend to think Hollywood and we, it's not what our regular lives are all the time. You know what I mean? That sure. we need to sure. really dig down. And I think that's what's great about your books that you always give these examples and stories that we can go, yeah, we find ourselves in there because we keep looking at ourselves at Hollywood and that's, and, no. and don't look at politicians at all. Like, and if you're yeah. dating a politician person, run like hell. <laughs> Just kidding, unless they're good. I mean, uh, if you have a good one, please let us know. We're looking for one. Just to know that they're well, there. The, the thing is that, um, and and that was sort of like a guiding uh, principle in writing my new book. Is I wanted to write about everyday people who the the I thought the theme or the issue they were struggling with would resonate. Because the problem is, I mm-hmm. think that there's a lot that's written out there that's inspirational, and I'm not knocking it. It's just that we never feel like we can measure up to that because it's so grand. And so it's the same mm-hmm. thing on social media or Hollywood stories. We're never mm-hmm. going to quite feel like we measure up to that. But the, yeah. the punchline is that isn't real. And exactly. I, I just want people to get in touch with this is real life. This is what it looks like. And and I, one of the things I say in my new book is my stories don't end up wrapped up in a bow. It's just mm-hmm. this is where the person is now in their journey, and they're going to continue in their journey. There is no there. There is mm-hmm. dead. Um, mm-hmm. That we're all works in progress. And we all swear. Come on. I don't care how body <laughs> dog you are. You're oh, gonna, come on. I everybody somewhere, sometimes. And, it's you know, creative. they used to say that's a – I know we talked about that the last time you were on the show, but <laughs> get over it. You know, it, it's, we all have our, I mean, there's certain words that are really, don't say this, you know, but it does feel the most liberating. We had a, a situation a few months because ago. You're doing something you're not supposed to. And Nancy and I were oh, walking so around good. in this house going, there was just some, <laughs> nothing I could really go into without it being a long diatribe story. Uh, but we're walking around and I'm like, dude, there's just only certain words that can be used. And that's, and it was swearing that got us through, honestly. And, and so I, I called up on YouTube, certain comedians that knew how to say the word better than us. 
And I was just like, let's just listen. And as soon as we heard that, we're like, okay, we can move forward. And I was thinking of you, and we didn't even know you were going to come back on the show. But I was thinking of you because (laughs) it was like sometimes you just need that humor or that steam to go off. And I want people to understand it's not – it's come on, people. We all kind of like want to say like, god damn it, or whatever. Oopsie, sorry, it's Sunday. Um, It's science. It's science. It's based on real science, I swear. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, no pun you know, intended. Do you yeah. have, did you always swear or did you start, like, have you always just kind of, I mean, are you swearing all the time in your life or is it like for <laughs> certain situations? Yeah. No, um, seriously, and and this is the thing, um, people say to me who they don't know I've written these books and they find out, they're like, oh, I would have never expected that from you because you always <laughs> seem so proper or whatever. Right. And that's the key to the swearing is if you use it mm-hmm. all the time, it doesn't it have doesn't a punch. It, it has to be um, cathartic, and it has to be sort of novel. That And so I do use it, quite honestly, <laughs> uh, a fair amount in therapy with people um, who, who are okay with it. I don't use it with everybody. I'm like, oh, that's effed up. And, and I'll say that, and they're like, yeah, I thought so too. It makes me so good to know that you thought the same thing, and and mm-hmm. it just it's used intentionally. So yeah. Dan, <laughs> do you have a favorite word? Ninety-two percent of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. Ninety-two percent because of a bike. Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bike, tread, or row risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bike, tread, or row risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. <laughs> well, you know, it sort of depends. Um, I... I do use the um, mother effer word a fair amount, um, but if I but as a laugh. But if I'm angry, um, it's something completely different. So I my swear words are either uh, more for anger or more for shock and uh, catharsis. Yeah, uh, in and terms if of you're laughing. doing it in a different language, like a different language, or oh, yeah. an oh. accent is, I mean, to me, if you're going, if, just <laughs> just do the Royal British, you know, like, you mother, mm. uh-uh. like, it's just, it's, it's just so much better to do it in different languages and different accents, and it just is so much, you know, just watch Jim Jeffries, oh, now I'm going to get in trouble. I probably... I probably said this before the last time we talked to you, but I did my term paper in English literature on the word F-U-C-K. It's not a word. It's an abbreviation that stands for... It's not a word. No, it's not a word. It's it's an abbreviation for Find for Unlawful Carnal Knowledge. And this is back in the 1750s to 1800s where women were put in a chair, strapped in a a chair and dumped underwater 
for certain things, and um, <clears throat> they would stamp on the legal cases F U C K F period U period C period K period because they were fined for having sex with someone they weren't married to. The men were never fined or dunked or anything happened to them for having sex with someone they weren't married to. Only the women were. So then, that is where that word comes from. A hundred years later, Van <laughs> Halen put out an album, Fine for Unlawful yeah, that's right. Knowledge. Very that's important. Right. See, they yeah, knew. So they knew. It's but, not even a word. So I don't know how people can get upset yeah. over a word that's not a word. But there's, there's, a, there's, I don't know if it's still on Netflix, but there is a history of swear yeah. words on Netflix. And oh, yeah. that's funny. Nicholas Cage is host, which is hysterical. <laughs> like, it's just bizarre. It's bizarre. So, like, I just recommend people watch that if they're into that. But, Jody, um, all right. You know what? I, I love you being on the show. I, I love it. It's just Thank great. You. because No, because it's, it's fun, but you it's fun. just, you add realism. <laughs> To yeah, you just you make sense, you know, and you allow people to to say, oh, this totally sucks, and say it the way they want to, and there there's a liberation with that, and I think that's an important thing in life to have some liberation because that's how you kind of you even talk about that in your book, like that's how you start to climb back out is have that, and you talk about anger being actually a good tool. You know, mm-hmm. obviously not going crazy, but once you say, like, move on, you know, mother effer, you start to feel, <laughs> oh, yeah, I said it. Now i got to actually do, like, the work <laughs> and you start moving forward. And I think there's a lot of inspiration to living your best life in your books, whether you're tackling move on or, like, hey, relationships gone bad. You know, it's it's all about living your best life and knowing who you are and taking stock. And and mm. shit happens when you don't take stock of who you are. It's always important to, to go back to yourself. And I love that about your book. So uh, everyone, JodyEckleberryHunt.com is the website. The book is Getting to Good Riddance, a no BS breakup survival guide. comes out <laughs> July 26th through Turner Publishing. You can, of course, order it on Amazon and all, that, all those places. But, um, you know, it is Champagne Sunday, so... <laughs> I want to say, can we do a mother effing toast? <laughs> I had to. I couldn't help it. There's snakes on the I plane somewhere. Uh, no, yes, you know, know. Champagne, Champagne Sundays is, you know, our flagship show for many years, uh, 15 years this year, 15 and a half now. Um, mm-hmm. Where Nancy said, well, if we're going to do this show, we're going to do it on a Sunday. We're going to have our champagne as we do every Sunday. Right. But it's not it's not always champagne. Sometimes it's a beer, sometimes it's tea. It's you know, it's about taking time out to look at the good in life. And mm-hmm. I believe, Jody, wouldn't you agree? When shit goes down, whether it's a breakup or anything else in life, isn't it good to take time out to find the good? In and life? sometimes it can be a struggle, but yes, it is mm-hmm. good to get there. Yeah. 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 So Champagne Toast is about always finding the good no matter how bad it is out there. So what is your toast, Jody? You are a guest, so you get to go first. Thank you. And I want to say that psychologists struggle too. And mm. lately I've noticed that it has been extra, extra hard for me. And so what I am grateful for is the opportunity to hear all of the stories 
that I have heard. And it gives me perspective and it reminds me that there are some really good people out there and I'm not alone. And I, I am so grateful for that, having that perspective. Mm. Ooh, I toasted yeah. that. And by the way, toast mm-hmm. your next book coming out, right? Both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to go back on that. That's really important. You know, with COVID, right, and all that's going on in the world, shootings, climate change. I mean, there's a long list. Therapists must be really kind of getting it too, or looking at frontline workers all the time, but therapists too, right? Kind of feeling the yeah. pressure. Yeah, hundred mm-hmm. percent. Oh wow! Right, we we. Go ahead. Hold on, hold on, you there? Okay, sorry, sorry, yeah. you there? <laughs> yeah, we we hear a lot, but yet it it does give perspective. It's all about sort of, I guess, my point is, I get to decide what I do with it. And whether mm-hmm. I'm going to feel like a victim or I'm going to feel like a survivor. So survivor is good. We got to stay in that zone. Kind of like that's Trying a good. To. Is that part of cognitive behavioral therapy? Is go like right there. Make yeah, that it's choice being immediately. Yep. Yep. Saying okay, mm-hmm. this you can't help what happened. But you get to decide intentionally what you want to do with it now. And it's not mm-hmm. like you flip a switch, but you decide what you're going to work on. You pick a path. Mm-hmm. Right on. Right on. Mm-hmm. I love that. I, I love, I just love what you bring to our lives, you know, through your written word and being on the shows, because I just think it's so important that we can take control of our lives. And it's not woo-woo. Like you say, science, you know, evidence-based. Um yeah. It's so important to take stock that's not over-emotional, too. And you really do that in your books where it's like, okay, this is what you really want. Like if there's like the true thing versus the boo-boo, like it's cognitive. So mm-hmm. I, I think that's important, you know. And we still get to have our pie-in-the-sky dreams, right? That's important, too. Sure, well, sure. We still get to have that. Yeah. And like you said, we can have all that. If we want a partner that has all that, go for it, you know. I want that. I that's why I don't settle. <laughs> I just said after that last one when the when the guy shows up, you know, on Stop Christmas it. Eve with champagne glasses and the like, the mother when he sends his mother and he's hiding behind his mother, like hell to the no. Anyway, Nancy, what <laughs> I'm toasting that that relationship was way over many years ago. But Nancy, what are you toasting to? You survived that. You're not married to that. Hell no, but it was like exactly. I just went, that's it. I'm done. I'm done. I just literally that, like, if I, if, if I had those glasses in my hand, I probably would have smashed them, like, in the fireplace because we did have a, you know, it was winter in the mountains. I would have probably just put them in there and said, that's it. Good night. Because it just was, at that point, I went, you are so off track, you know. So it's funny. You know, and that's it. And and I stopped and I went, this is what I really did. We we moved. We went through a bunch of wildfires. We had all kinds of stuff happen in our life. And I stopped and I said, time to recollect. And even had a relationship that of someone that was always like a, you know, big person in my life. Like, ooh, if any, you know, anything, like that's the one. And when that time came, 
said no, mm. because I knew exactly what I wanted to do in life and would not steer from that path. And dude, no, I would have to give birth <laughs> and I didn't want to do that. You know, they they always want birthings and I don't want the birthings. And <laughs> no, no, but that's, but that's a thing, but that's an important oh, thing gosh. for women. It is an important thing to think about. If you don't want to do the birthing, you don't have to. And you don't need to be with someone who's going to force you into that mode. And if you want to have it, great. You know, Jody, you've birthed. Nancy, you've birthed. <laughs> Thank God I'm here. You know, but if you don't want to, it's a very difficult thing for a woman of, like, men go, no. What do you mean? You don't want to birth. I don't want to birth. Want to birth. I'm not letting a watermelon no, roll Lisa, out of me. it's actually called having a baby. <laughs> The the other thing you can be grateful for is that you were raised in a way that made you confident mm-hmm. enough to know that yes. and to stand by mm-hmm. it and and to not not brush it aside. So good for you. It's, it's a big deal. It's a big. Well, uh, it to me, it's actually a huge part of my philosophy of life. And Nancy always said, "Go do what you want." And if this, you know, I didn't have to do that. All my friends gave birth instead of me. I can't hear you, Nancy. Nancy's talking. We can't. Can you hear her, Jody? No, I cannot. No, Nancy, we can't hear you. I don't know if you can hear us, but come back. Call back in. Call back in. I'm going to give my champagne toast while we get Nancy back on the air, but champagne toast is, yeah, actually, because I'm not in a relationship. I don't want to be in it. I'm in a good place, exactly, you know, following my dreams, and I think that goes Really, with Jody's book, again, Getting to Good Riddance, a no BS breakup survival guide coming out uh, July 26, 2022. Nancy, are you back? Ah, she's not. She's not. Jody, thank you for joining us. It has been such a pleasure having you back on the show. Well, thank you for having me, and um, maybe I will talk with you again in the winter. Oh, you better. You better come back. We, we, you know, <laughs> we want you back. Anytime. Nancy, are you there? Did I hear you? No. Nope. No, nope, she's not there. Okay, we're going to close with a song called, oh, wait, wait one second. Cause I hate to do a Champagne Sunday show without her toast. It's her, her thing. Nancy, are you there? Are, am I back? Yes, yes. Thank what you happened? Too. I don't know. I didn't do it. I but, didn't do it. Maybe it's all that anger, right? <laughs> so what's your champagne toast? We can, I'm like, we can't have okay. a champagne Sunday no. show without Nancy's toast. That's okay. like rude. I but, think deep, deep down people really do know more about themselves than they may be willing to address or admit. So I my toast to, to those who will take a chance to find out about themselves, go get help if you need it, go read books, Do whatever it takes to know yourself so you can be the best that you can be. Mm. I toast for that. Like, you know, just um, listen to everybody, especially the ones who put you down, you know, but don't do bad. Just Mm. don't do bad. I toast to people who find out about themselves, educate themselves, move forward and do good. That's what I toast to. Right on. Right on. And if you can't go see Jody, get her book. Exactly. Yeah. There's That's help out there. Is that why you did the book? So, because, I mean, you can't have everybody on your couch, right? Right. Do you have yeah. a couch? Yeah, and because, I again, there's some, some things that are just so predictable, and I thought, mm-hmm. why not put it out there to make to reach a wider number of people? Mm-hmm. 
Do you yeah. really have a couch though? Like, is it a? <laughs> I do have a couch, and I also have a chair. People can sit wherever they want. Okay, cool. Do you have a plant? You need a plant in the room. If you have a couch, you have to have a plant. <laughs> I don't have a plant. I would kill the plant. That's the problem. Oh, see, that's it. Straight up honesty. See, that's the best policy. There you go. Uh, everyone, JodyEckleberryHunt.com is the website. Getting to Good Riddance, a no BS breakup survival guide. Turner Publishing is the publisher. And you can get it July 26, 2022, but you can pre-order it on Amazon and all those great places. Of course, keep up with us at BigBlendRadio.com. We want to thank you all for joining us. We're going to close, with this show, close the show with the song, Witness Protection, because <laughs> I have to. Allison August is an amazing blues singer, and uh, this is from her album, Holy Water. And you can go to AllisonAugust.com. That's Allison with two L's, but here it is. Witness protection. I thought it was a good a good song for today's show. Thank you so much, Jody. You take care. <laughs> Thank you. I know you're creeping up behind me.
92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton Bike, Tread, or Row risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. 